wrapping up our summer series on the life of Moses. And uh, we want to say welcome to those of you watching in the parent viewing room too. That's a great place to go. If you have little ones that get fussy during the message, you can take them out. And right past our donuts and coffee, you'll find the room there where you can watch the service live with us. Well, right inside of your bulletin should be some message notes if you want to go ahead and grab those out. If everyone can do that and grab your pens. And you'll have something that you can take with you today. Do some fill in the blanks. You'll, you'll feel like you're back in school and it's going to be great. Uh, well, you know, throughout this series, we've been learning together about how we live a life of exodus. And if you've missed any of the messages, you can get on riverwaychurch.com and listen back to some of those messages. But we've been learning about how we move from where we are to where God is calling us or asking us to go. Um, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life that I just thought, you know what, I want to live a life that's filled with purpose. Anybody else ever thought that? I want to live a life filled with purpose. Like I want my life to count for something that's just bigger than me or just bigger than, you know, the, the American dream. I want my life to be bigger than that. And actually what's interesting about Moses is that as we've been reading this whole story, and I would just encourage you to read it, get into Exodus and read your Bibles this week, because it's just a fascinating story and so much that we couldn't add into this series. But what's interesting about Moses is I don't even think that thought crossed his mind about living a life of purpose. He kind of just stumbled his way into being purposeful. And the way he did that was with the Israelites, and this is your very first fill-in, that the Israelites have been on quite a journey after being slaved for more than 400 years. Yet God always had a plan. God had a plan for Moses' life. God had a plan for the Israelites' life. And you know what's true? It's true of us, that for me and you, that God has a plan. That regardless of the ups and downs that you and I encounter in life, God's word assures us that he has a plan for us. Isn't that an amazing thought? That the God of the universe has a plan for us. He has a plan for our future. He has a plan for our family. He has a plan for how we live our life. Well, just to recap quick, this plan for Moses began when he was just a boy and God spared his life by sending him down a ri the river in a basket. Moses, now grown, discovers that he's a Hebrew and not an Egyptian at all, even though he'd been living in Pharaoh's house as his son. And he flees, and you know where he goes? He goes out into the fields far away from Egypt, and you know what? He spends the next 40 years of his life being a shepherd. 40 years, right? Now, I mean, if you think that your job is boring, imagine being a shepherd for 40 years. You know what you do? You watch the sun rise, you move the sheep out. Hang out all day, watch the sunset, bring the sheep in. I mean, that's what you do for 40 years. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, that's kind of a boring deal. And then all of a sudden, he has a God moment. The time when God got his attention like no other by speaking to him through a bush that was on fire, yet it wasn't consumed. Imagine that. What a sight. But God tells him of a plan that he has for his life, a plan to go and rescue the Israelites and lead them to the promised land, a place of safety, a place that they could have their own land, which they've never had before, right? 400 years, that's all they've known is slavery. And now God's about to give them their own land. So God uses Moses through miracles and plagues to change the heart of Pharaoh into letting the Israelites leave Egypt, which was a difficult process to say the least. And after rejoicing for their freedom, the Israelites find themselves cornered between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army after Pharaoh changed his mind and came after him to kill them. And yet once again, God uses Moses and the miraculous to part the Red Sea and they cross over on dry land and the armies follow, but they get crushed and killed by the waves and here they are rescued yet again. And then God says to Moses, hey Moses, that was the easy part. 
Now, I want you to lead these ungrateful people in the desert for the next 40 years, right? And you thought your leadership deal was bad. Uh, this is a tough gig. But once again, Moses rises to the challenge and accomplished it by letting God speak through him and lead through him to guide the Israelites back into a relationship with the living God. Moses showed him how to live, how to turn from sin. He even carried the tablets of rock, which listed the Ten Commandments that God himself inscribed with his finger. If you can imagine that. And now, it is the end of the line for Moses. Today, we're talking all about his death and what his legacy meant. Because his mission has been accomplished. God's plan for him has been fulfilled. Game over. We pick up this story in Deuteronomy 32. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with us. Otherwise, you can follow along on the screen. And it says, on that same day, the Lord told Moses, go up into the Abiram range to Mount Nebo in Moab, across from Jericho. And I want you to view Canaan. Now, Canaan was the promised land. He says, I want you to get up on this mountain. I just want you to look out because I'm about to show you the place that you're going to lead the people. I'm giving this land as, to the Israelites as their own possession. And there on the mountain that you have climbed, you will, what's that word? What's that word? You will die. How's that for an encouraging morning message from the Lord, right? You'll be gathered to your people just as your brother Aaron died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. So God says, I want you to climb this mountain, you're going to see everything, and then you're going to die. In Deuteronomy 34, it says, look at Moses' response. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. And there the Lord showed him the whole land. Now imagine, he's been on this journey 40 years as a shepherd. He's rescued the people, wandered 40 years in the desert. And finally, they're like at the starting line of the promised land. And God shows them the whole land from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, and the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zor. So you can just imagine, God is saying, look at the expanse that this is going to be the new land for my people. Then the Lord said to him, this is the land that I promised as an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants, and I have let you see it with your eyes, Moses, but you will not cross over into it. I mean, now this was a sig significant moment in history. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for generations, God has said, I am going to lead your descendants into a promised land. And here we are in the threshold of this place. And here's Moses, after doing all that work, he doesn't even get to go in. But you know what's amazing to me? Is that even to the end, Moses, now listen, because this is a great lesson for all of us. Even to the end, through life's ups, downs, uncertainties, Moses continued to be obedient to God. Even to the point when God said, listen, Moses, here's the game plan for today. You're going to climb the mountain and then you're going to die. So I want you to go climb the mountain. Okay, God, you know, and he just went and did it. Now, I mean, if I said to you, hey, I want you to come over to my house and you're going to die. Don't worry about it, all right? It's in God's plan. Just come on over. How many of you would come over to my house? Okay, probably not many of you. But here's Moses. He just said, God, I'm obedient. My life is in your hands. Everything I am is yours. He follows the command. And then in verse 5, this is what's so amazing, is that the Bible describes Moses and gives him kind of this title. And it says this, and Moses the blank, and we're going to fill in the blank here. Moses the blank died there in Moab as the Lord said. Now what do you think the Bible described Moses as? Out of all the titles the Bible could have picked, 
What do you think he picked? And Moses, the awesome one. Moses, the plague giver. Moses, the leader. Moses, the handsome one. Right? I don't know. Moses, the dude with the great staff that did signs and wonders. Right? What do you think? You see, oftentimes when you're, what you're known for ends up on your tombstone, if you can imagine that. And so here's a few examples of a couple tombstones that I found this week. I thought this was interesting. Uh, William Hahn, 1905 to 1980, had said, I told you I was sick. <laughs> All right? So that, I thought that was fitting. Okay, good. Here lies good old Fred. A great big rock fell on his head. All right. So that gives you a little description of how Fred died. Here's another one. Merv Griffin, I will not be right back after this message. Right? pretty great, right? Kind of tells you about his life. Gives you a key in. That's all, folks. Mel Blanc, man of 1,000 voices, beloved husband and father. Man, that's great. Next one. Oh, man. R.I.P. I don't know how. <laughs> <They're> my... <clears throat> there must have been a little miscue, you know. Has no coincidence that the Vikings play their first preseason game tonight. Anyway, go ahead, next one. All right, perfect. Here, this one was so interesting to me. Now look at this. It says, we once where you are, were where you are, and you will be where we are. Prepare. We once were where you are, and you will be where we are, so prepare. That's an interesting one. But here's what the tombstone over the life of Moses said. In verse 5, it says, And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. The servant of the Lord. What a title to have over your life. A life that would describe, God, that all of my life is yours. Every single part of it, God, I want it to be used for you. I mean, what a legacy that Moses leaves. I mean, do you really think when Moses was 40 years doing the shepherd thing, you know, sheep in, sheep out, sheep out, do you really think that he thought that thousands of years later we would still be talking about the legacy that he left? Probably not. Until he had an encounter with God that changed everything in his life. In verse 10, it says, Since then no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses. Whom the Lord knew face to face. Who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt to Pharaoh and to all of his officials and to the, to the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of Israel. In fact, is the truth that there was no one greater than the faith and obedience of Moses until Jesus arrived on the scene. I mean, this guy didn't even want it at first. He was arguing with God at the bush saying, hey, you got to pick somebody else. This is not for me. This is not my gig. It's not my talent. It's not my wheelhouse. God, you got to pick someone else to do something great for you. And God said, I know all that, but I'm still choosing you. Will you become a servant of the Lord? Here's your next fill-in. And it's just a question. How does a man that should have died as an infant become one of the greatest spiritual leaders in the Bible? And here it is. He listened for God's direction and obeyed it. He listened for God's direction and obeyed it. And we've seen again and again in Moses' life how even in the midst of uncertainty, he was willing to obey God and follow the assignment, whatever it was, even when he couldn't see clearly, even when he didn't understand, even when he thought it was a bad idea. 
He's like, God, I know that you've spoken to me, and I'm going to go forward and do it. And Moses did this amazing thing that I hope all of us could follow. He had to, throughout his life, decide again and 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 again, probably more to remind himself than anybody else, that he wanted to be God's servant. God, that I'm willing to obey you. No matter what, God, I want to be obedient to you. I want to be devoted to your plans, not mine. I want all my dreams and all my hopes to come way far second compared to what you have for my life. You see, your next fill in Moses allowed himself time to stop. Everyone say stop. He allowed himself time to stop and listen for God's direction. And then he was willing, don't miss this, he was willing to adjust his life to match the assignment. He was willing to adjust his life to match the assignment. And I wonder over our tombstone what would be read and what would be said. This morning when you came in, there were some envelopes on your chairs that looked just like this. And then in this moment, without any talking next to you, I just want you to grab that envelope and I'd like you to open it and I just want you to read the content of what's inside. I want you to take a moment to just pause and think about that question. Pause and think about that question. This is a great question to ask ourselves. You know why it's a great question? Because it causes us to stop and reflect the current direction and purposes for our life. Because so often we think of a financial legacy that maybe we'll leave one day. We think of you know, people that have famous legacies. Wow, wouldn't it be cool to be a famous person? But rarely do we stop and ask ourselves, what would my spiritual legacy be? What are the things that I'm storing up that one day when I get to heaven, that God will say, I'm so glad that you're obedient, that you use so much of your life to make a difference on this side. Because the truth is this, the Bible says that our life here on earth is like a vapor. It's over in a moment compared to eternity. What kind of legacy would we leave? When my wife and I, we moved back from out of state six years ago, and the week that we moved home, my grandfather fell and hit his head, and he was in the hospital and ended up having a brain aneurysm and all these things. And we happened to come home the week that he landed in the hospital. And I went up and I saw him. And here's just a quick picture of my grandpa. Uh, this is me and him uh, when I was little. I think this was at a Christmas deal. 
And uh, in this picture, I was probably, I don't know, uh, eight years old or so in that picture. This is my grandpa, Al. And he was just, he was the man that left so much spiritual legacy for our family. And six years ago, I went with my cousin, and we sat by his bedside in the hospital. And we began to have a conversation just about life. And, of course, my grandpa told all the funny stories. He loved to tell about the time that he was in the hole, and he cut off the tip of his nose with a shovel. And it's a true story. I'd have it sewn back on. And he loves to tell that story. No matter how many times we've heard it, we have to act like we heard it for the first time, right? And then we have to laugh. And, oh, that's a great story. No way, Grandpa. I can't let me see the line again. I see it where they sewed it. That's great, you know. He loved to tell that story. And, uh. But as we sat there, it was as if he was speaking to us about what it meant to really lead a successful life. And I'll never forget what he told me that day. He said, always put God first. He said, always obey him and always trust him. And if you can do that, that would be a recipe for a successful and purposeful life. That is not often the advice you would get from your retirement specialist. It is not the advice that you might get from your college professor or your high school teacher. But isn't it interesting that when people are ending near the end of their life, they have so much more clarity about what life really means. And I just wonder, for every single one of us, have we put God first? Are we obeying him? Are we always trusting in him? Because this is what Moses was willing to do, and it all started at a burning bush. Moses had decided after he left Egypt that he was going to live a quiet life. He wanted nothing to do with anybody, and that's why he decided to pick a, a, a shepherd out in the fields. In fact, your next fill-in, Moses didn't have any aspirations to follow God like this, and in fact, put up a fight over it. But then it came to the time for Moses, just like us, when we must decide what our life will be made up of. There will come a time that every single one of us have our burning bush moment with God. The times that he's going to tap on the door of our hearts and ask us to do something for him that would leave an eternal spiritual legacy. Something that would be bigger than our families and bigger than our jobs, but something that would make a difference in the life of somebody else. We've all been at crossroads of decisions that would impact the future of our life. We've all made decisions that caused our path to go this way or this way. But have you ever stopped to listen for God's assignment? Have you ever stopped just to pray, God, in the middle of all my busyness and all the plans that I'm making, God, in this moment, I want you to speak to me about something that I can do for you. That's a gutsy prayer. Because what you might hear may not be what you want to hear. Or it might be something that totally invigorates you and you're passionate about. And it's not going to be like a, why, yes, thank you for asking. Here is what I'd like you to do. Okay, it's not going to be like some weird audible voice, right? Not that God couldn't do that. I've just never seen him, heard him doing that. But it'll be something that he would speak to your heart. It may be in line with your passions. See, for some of us, we've never even known to consider that as part of life fulfillment. 
Because we've just been taught, hey, it's 2.5 kids, three-car garage, like a good job, gold watch at the end of 40 years, and man, you've arrived. For others of us, maybe we've just gotten distracted by all that, by the spouse, the house, the kids, the job, the money, the hobby, the vacations, the accumulation of stuff, and maybe we just forgot that God just might have a bigger and more purposeful life for us than that. You see, it's so easy, your next filling. It's so easy. We've all done it. It's so easy for life and stuff to crowd out the burning bush moments of our life. It's so easy to stay so busy that we just never stop to listen to say, God, what would you have for me? What if God wanted to give you an assignment like he gave to Moses? What if there was a burning bush moment waiting for you? What if at the end of your life, you could leave a legacy that was bigger than earthly stuff. And I'm, I'm thrilled for some of those people and the famous careers and all that that they had. But I hope there's something more written on my tomb than that's all, folks. I was the voice of a thousand characters. That's great. But it doesn't mean a hill of beans on the other side. And if we spend all of our life's passions and all of our life's pursuits only for the here and now, we are going to miss the burning bush moment that God would have for every single one of us that could in part leave a spiritual legacy for our kids and our grandkids and our neighbors and our community. It's much bigger than you and I, and I believe that God has destiny for your life. He has a purpose and a plan, and it's bigger than the American dream. But it causes us to stop and to listen just like Moses, your next villain, who decided that a life spent for God's purposes would be the most fulfilling life. And he was right. A life spent for God's purposes doesn't mean you need to go quit your job tomorrow morning and do something more spiritual. It means how can I do something spiritual in the midst of my job? What assignment, what gifts, what talents, what abilities, what time, what money, what do I have right now in my realm to impact other people for eternity. Here's that amazing title. Moses, servant of the Lord. Moses, servant of the Lord. See, I want that to be said of me and I want it to be said of you. Mom, dad, business owner, teenager, college student, grandpa, grandma, son, daughter, artist, musician, athlete, builder, whatever the titles are that you hold, I want all of those titles to be secondary to this title right here. Your name, servant of the Lord. Your name, servant of the Lord. Your name, Serving the Lord. In fact, I want you to take your name. I want you to put it in there. Would you do that just mentally in your own head? Just put it in there. What would that sound like? Ryan, serving the Lord. Man, what an amazing legacy. All of our titles that we currently hold to be secondary to that one title. And your last fill-in. Here is how we leave a spiritual legacy. Here's how it is. Simple to understand, harder to implement. Here it is, though. We listen for God's direction, and we obey no matter what. We listen for God's direction, and we obey him no matter what. 
What is it that you have that God could use? And I know they're getting ready, but just ignore them for a minute. Just focus right here. What is it that you have? See, for many of us, we think that our talents and abilities and resources, we just think, wow, we got lucky in life. But in all reality, Psalm 139 says that you were formed in your mother's womb and God hand-knit you. And he made you perfect in every single way. And all of the gifts and abilities and talents that are in your life have been placed there by God for his purposes. And if we are willing to stop and to say, God, would you speak to me? How can I use my life to leave a spiritual legacy? You know what begins to happen? It will change everything in your life. It will change your priorities. It will change how you spend your time and your money. It will change how you raise your kids. It will change how you interact with those around you. It will change how you do your job. It will give you purpose and destiny. But only, listen, don't miss this or you'll miss it all. Only you can stand at the burning bush and respond to God. Only you. I cannot stand at that bush for you and make a decision for your life. Only you can ask that question and say, God, what is it that you'd have for my life? What kind of legacy at the end of the day am I going to leave? What would he want to do with your life that can make a difference for eternity? Do me a favor and stand all over this room, and we're just going to get ready to sing just a closing song today. And as we sing this song, I want it to be a moment for you that you'd forget about who's on your right and who's on your left, and just begin to ask God to speak to you about what this moment is for you and now. And for those of you that maybe have a little more years under your belt, you might be tempted to say, well, that's for all the young people. Can I tell you that Moses didn't even get going until he was about 70 years old, right? He died at 120. It was the last years of his life that were the most fruitful. And if you're a teenager here today and you'd say, you know what, leaving a spiritual legacy is for my parents or for older people. What did Timothy say? Don't look down on anybody because they're young. But be an example to those around you. Let God use you at your schools coming up. Let God use you in your peer groups to leave a spiritual legacy for them. So during this song, let it be said of us, Spirit, lead us in a place of trust, of, without borders. God, we'll just follow you. That nothing would hinder us walking into what you're asking us to. So let's make this a prayer from our heart. Let's let God speak to us during this moment, and then we'll close together. Let him speak to you. Maybe you're here today and you've never made Christ the leader of your life. And you're ready to cross that starting line of faith. And right here in this moment, you can ask him for forgiveness of your sin ask him to come in and be the Lord and leader of your life. If that's you, go ahead and do that right now. And he'll do exactly that.
So God, for every single one of us, like Moses, would you just teach us how to keep that title in front of us? Servant of the Lord, it's what we want. We don't want to ignore your purposes for our life, but we want to welcome and embrace them and listen for them and obey. God, tomorrow morning as we get up, as we go about life to our jobs and interactions with people around us and our kids, and God, would you just impress on us how we could leave a legacy for you? We just thank you that you're cho- choosing us, that you have a purpose and plan for every one of us. And now, God, we want to listen, we want to obey, and we want to walk in it. That on the other side, we would hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant, well done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said...